We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello, everybody. There have been some queens crowned in the WNBA out of the city of Chicago. The Chicago Sky are your 2021 WNBA champions. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim, and we are here courtside on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network to chop it up. Gabe, wow, the season is completed. The Chicago Sky did it in four games. I think we predicted that, but the Chicago Sky won it all. Yeah, we predicted that on a show that I uh, messed up the recording of, so no one saw that. But we were right. Oh. (laughs) We were right. Well, I just remember saying it. We both said it in four. Yeah, we did. We we said Chicago (laughs) in four, both of us. Um, Although I did think think Phoenix was going to take it to five. Like truly, I thought, I thought that was going to happen. And up until the fourth quarter, I look, I was looking good. I was looking good because they were up nine points uh, and they lost the fourth quarter, 26 to 11. Boy, boy, boy. I mean, I hate using this word and I don't, I don't believe in like clutch gene or any of this, but like, did, did Phoenix choke? I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't like, to, I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've told you time and time again, just being in games as a, a player and a coach, like just how the momentum can automatically mm-hmm. shift. And that's what happened with Chicago. I mean, I think they felt the energy in the building. Mm-hmm. Winchester arena was rocking and they just caught on to that vibe and didn't look back. And it's always tough on the road. So I don't think there was like a collapse or, you know, a folding in of, of Phoenix per se. I think it was more that Chicago laid it down. Like they were just like, this is, we're, this is our game. This is our moment. 
We're going to do it. It's now or never. We don't want to go back to Phoenix Mm -hmm. and have to try to close out on the road. Let's make it tough for them. And I think it was the defense, too. I mean, we're talking about the, the run that they went on to get back into the game and win it. But it was because of their defense. And it was their defense in game three. It was, you know, they just did so many things right um, down the stretch in terms of their overall execution on both sides. So did Phoenix miss, like, all five players miss a layup down the stretch, like Diana Taurasi said? Yeah. Was that a shock? Yeah. Yeah. Some of them are wide open, though. Some of them are wide open, though. But I think it was the the buildup of that moment that that had them maybe they did collapse a little bit in in I, some of those moments they did I, i'm just gonna go with yes sorry for processing my entire thought <laughs> no, yeah. no 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 i i think I, I think it was half and half i think some of it was chicago yeah. feeling it was their time to strike but then it was also phoenix playing not to lose yeah no i think that that's the best way to put it phoenix they they it's not i don't think they they choked. I don't know. So I don't know what I mean by that. I, I just mm. think they, they did collapse because I think they just have a lot of pressure on them. Yeah. And I think when you have that pressure, they, they were kind of forced. They weren't forced to, they thought they were forced to move faster. They thought they had okay. to rush some of those layups uh, and, and a lot of them, like you mentioned, tough looks, you know, so they miss, <laughs> this is a tough stat. Phoenix was two of 10 on shots from within five feet in the fourth quarter. They were three of 18 overall. They missed their last 11 shots of this game. Oh, man. Tough look. Tough look oh, for, for, for our gals in Phoenix. But there was a lot of tough shots there. Like, the, those shots within five feet, there was plenty of hands. There were some times where, I mean, I think one of them, like Brianna Turner, was under the basket, tried to get out of the basket. There's another one where yeah. she was just moving a little too fast on the alley-oop, and the alley-oop was just just a tiny yeah. bit. And, and those sorts of yeah. those sorts of execution things. Hey, maybe you can overcome it when you're calm in the second quarter, in the fourth right. quarter when you're when you're moving fast and you're thinking, you know, we got to put this away or whatever's in your mind. It becomes a little tougher. So right. it, it it was a, a mix, like you mentioned. I think there was poise from um, mm-hmm. Chicago, but definitely a lack of poise from Phoenix. And I understand why they were so upset. After the game, um, I, I would have liked to have them do media or at least like what I really would have rather done is like, just just let us know you're not going to do it. Like, you know, we showed up. Do you just let us know? Hey, right. We'd like we're not going to do it today because we're heartbroken. And I think everyone would understand. But regardless, it, I do understand why they were so heartbroken because it was there. It, it was there for the taking and they didn't take it. Um, no. But but I, I do. Let, let's talk about Chicago. I mean, Chicago is. I don't know. I, I don't know how to put this team because they're so they they did not have um, this in the regular season. This sort of energy, this sort of buzz, this sort of poise. But I think uh, did you did you always feel like they had it in them? I think so. I mean, when you look at at the ebbs and flows of the Chicago Sky season, you know mm-hmm. that one and eight moment at the beginning, you know, with, yeah. without Candace Parker and Allie Quigley on the floor. But then after the break, I mean, I think you saw some flashes of what we thought this team could be right. when they're all healthy. And down the stretch, they kind of hit a, a little bit of a, I don't know, they hit a little bit of a speed bump in terms of that 
momentum mm-hmm. that they had gained after the Olympic break started. But for me, I, I mean, just looking on paper, yeah, that's combustible. If that, if that all uh, is, is on the same page on the same day, that's a problem. And yeah. that's what happened. They were all on it on the same day and they each starred in their role. And I know that that's a little cliche to say, but when you know what your role is for the team, so credit James Wade on that. This is what we need from you. This is what we need from you. And he went down the line and told each player that they had to do specific things. And they did that to the best of their ability. And that's why they have the crown. And a hell of a coaching effort from James. Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, Sandy Brundell is a really good coach in this league, obviously. And he completely dominated the matchup. The coaching matchup completely dominated. I think his calls were perfect. I think he knew exactly how Sandy was going to react what she had in her bag to, to, to combat what they were doing. And he hit, they hit the, every single time they hit the variation of the play that would work. Yeah. Um, and, and I, you know, I'm not going to give all the credit to, to James Wakes. A lot of that's Courtney Varon. A lot of that's Allie Quigley. A lot of that's just having players who know how to play with each other and know where to, and know, understand basketball to, to yeah. just be able to flow and play randomly and still get into good sets. And they have a lot of great sets that they run all the time, but, they also just kind of flow into things and understand where each other is going to be. And it, it was beautiful. It was beautiful basketball um, to watch. And I think we've been really, really lucky in these past few years to see teams that played this style. Um, yeah. And I'm not, this is a good stylistic question because I, I, I was, um, I forget who tweeted it and I'm sorry, but someone's tweeting that this is the, now the third, the fourth, no, the third, the third straight champion to um, play a five-out system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Chicago, I think, took it even a little further than Seattle did last year, and Washington did the year before, and Seattle did the year before. So four straight. So they, I think they took it a little further. Do you think this is kind of what you need to win now? Do you need to be a five-out team to win a championship? I think so. I mean, that's what the game on all levels is is coming to, mm-hmm. right? I think everybody is going to have to be able to to stretch the floor. I think mm-hmm. that's what um, you know the international flavor um, has has tapped into the game here, and I, I think that it's beautiful, like you said, um, to be able to see the flexibility, the versatility of so many players, and you're not just you know. If you're six, three and above, you're on the mm-hmm. block. Like, no, like I would have loved to play in a five house. I know. I didn't want to have I, I that was like my question. down there. So I was like, I was, I was thinking like Christy would be, you know, oh. she'd be killing it right now. This is her game. I would love to be a face up man. And like getting out of the trenches. I like people having elbows in my neck and my back. Come on, man. I, I, I appreciate the free flowing spacing of a five out system. And, I mean, you're talking about that. I mean, there have been groundbreakers for that way of play. I mean, you're talking about Lauren Jackson. Take it all the way back. Yeah. I'm talking about the W25 yeah. celebrated this year. I mean, Lauren Jackson was a player who did that first. And, you know, uh, Cheryl Miller, too. I mean, we mm-hmm. take it all the way back. But then when you have players like Candace Parker, Lena Deladon, uh, Tina Charles this year, stretching it out to yes. three, like getting yes. herself out of the trenches and, and facing up and knocking in shots. I, mean, I love it. I love it. And then Candace Parker, I'm just going to put this plug out there. 
she should coach somewhere. And I don't, and I, she has never said that she wanted to do that. So let's get that correct. But the way she was leading the team in that five out system. um, And yes, James Wade, a remarkable job as, as a head coach, but the players on the floor too, like you said, Gabe have to be able to function uh, with a, a strong understanding of execution and expectations. And when you have a player like Candace Parker, who was mic'd up a ton, which was also fun to see, you could hear her coaching. And the things that she was saying, all the little intricacies, that to me was, was really fun to, to listen to and watch. And then to see her say it and then to actually see it be mm-hmm. executed, that was thrilling for me. Because I, I love the game on the <laughs> really... Um, minuscule scale of of uh, of thought processes. So to hear her um, lead the team with poise and saying, "Calm down," even that, like that's not an X and yeah. O, but that's like a mentality that that she brought to that system. I, I think was really beautiful to to see and watch. Well, and, and the other thing is is just how much she clearly understands about the game, like her positioning yeah. off ball. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a that's an instructional tape. Like her, her positioning off ball in this playoffs and for really the last four or five years of her career, yeah. like that's stuff that every player should watch and understand of, of how you should play off the ball defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she has a pretty good gig at Turner, though. That's that's not bad. I know. <laughs> I know. It's it's wonderful. I can't wait for her to get back in there because I know they're going to celebrate her as they always do. They just have so much love. Yeah. and respect. And as I always say, you know, you consider the source, like all these NBA guys who have come to the games over this season and all of the seasons and the girl dads and, you know, all the, the merch that they wear mm-hmm. walking into games like Steph Curry on an opening night had on the, the white hoodie with the W, you know, it's just the, the love and the respect for me that that you see throughout the league but yeah i know those tnt guys shaq and kenny Shaq and, Ernie and, and the whole crew they're gonna love on her when she gets back in the studio and i can't wait to watch that too no i'm, I'm super excited to watch it i'm not sure when <laughs> she's gonna be back and she's gonna so i know i mean the older you get if you ever have just a night of drinking um kansas had a long day <laughs> of drinking uh a couple she's, gonna days. Need, she's, gonna, she's gonna need a maybe a week this will be her longest injury of the year perhaps right. this hangover that she's gonna have now <laughs> uh, yeah but no, that's so, fun on the five out thing though i i don't know because yeah. uh, so on one side we have chicago and i clearly they they had um they had upper hand in this series mm-hmm. uh and and they played great but Phoenix is still here, and they definitely don't play a five-out system. Um, no. Brittany Griner has taken a lot more mid-rangers, and that's been huge for her season. And one of the reasons why she's having such an amazing year is because you have to go out and cover her in the pot because it's not just an eat. That's not just a shot you want to give up anymore. Right. Um, perhaps, perhaps she spaces out to three a little bit more. Um, you know, she is someone who consistently works in our game, gets better every year. Uh, so if she works on that, adds a three, maybe they become more of a five-out team, but they clearly were not this year at the very least. They were they were playing two traditional-ish bigs. Brianna Turner is a little different, but traditional-ish in the fact that they yeah. did not stretch the floor. And they still made it. And I don't know. I, I just think perhaps there, there is a lane if you have a big as good as Brittany Griner. You can right. get you can play, you can play a slightly different system. Um, but if you're a team that doesn't have that big and you got to look around and really ask yourself, if you have a big, that's an MVP level candidate, 
Yeah. Um, then, hey, you're probably going to be better off playing a five-out system. Uh, I think, sure. you know, most most teams that are going to succeed in the future are going to be doing that. And I think most of the teams are set up to succeed in the future. You talk about your New Yorks, talk about your Dallases, you know, Chicago, if, if as long as they can keep most of this group together, Seattle, if Brianna Stewart sticks around, like those teams play five out, play really stretchy basketball. So that's the teams that probably have a better, have a leg up because you just don't need to, you don't need to have some sort of, you know, supernova once in a generation big to, to play efficiently, efficiently enough to win. Um, So, yeah, I think, I think the five out revolution is now officially upon us. And then probably the Tina Charles hitting threes. That's the thing that was probably like, Hey, okay, guys, everyone go five out. It's time. If she's hitting threes, if she's hitting threes, all we all gotta long. change. We That's all gotta right. change. All day long. All day long. Uh, <laughs> let's. So the MVP too. This is the other thing I, I thought was. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was interesting. Clea Copper uh, wins the WNBA Finals MVP. Kalia Copper. Kalia freaking Copper. Incredible right. in this series. Love it. Love Rutgers getting the shine. However. I think Courtney Vanderson was the MVP. She was awesome. She was yeah. amazing in the in the in game four, just in game four. 10 points, nine rebounds, 15 assists. I Hello. think she said, I'm pretty sure she set the WNBA record for most yeah. assists in the playoff run. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. What what do you think? What's your take? Oh man, listen, I, I don't know who does uh that voting. Because yeah. I'm not involved. I do a lot of voting. I don't do that voting. So I don't know, like, if they had a, a, I think it's the media who's there. Because I think. Oh, the, on I, site. Yeah. Did you not? On did site. you do that for the 2019 polls? I did not. Oh, really? I did not vote on the. But I mean, Meesman got You're it. I love it. Oh, no, I love that Meesman got it. Yeah. But no, I, I don't. I don't know how they do that. But anyway, no, I wasn't in on that. But but I do a lot of the other voting, you know, for the league and, and college and whatnot, whatever. But I don't know the criteria mm-hmm. of finals MVP. Like if there was like a list of things that uh, they had to check the box for, but listen, listen, and you know, I love me some Kalia Copper and especially how she played this season and in particular in the playoffs down the stretch. But guess what? Mm-hmm. I mean, man, without Courtney Vandersloot, that team is a totally different squad. I don't care who else you put out there to run the one. Mm-mm. That team doesn't win without Sloot. That yeah, team doesn't no win without Sloot. And I know with Copper, you can say the same thing. Well, they won't win without Copper either. Okay. And there are, pe- there are people out there who think that as well. But let's, I know that I've seen a lot of basketball. And we have seen a lot of basketball, Gabe, sitting here courtside. Listen. I know that you have to have a bona fide point guard to win. When it comes to postseason play, it's about guard play, period. And it's not just all the guards. And we're talking about five out system. It's not all five of Mm y'all. It's about who can set the team up. 15 assists. Let me tell you, without those, hey, take half of those assists away. They lose. Okay, 15 assists. She's a magician. She is surgical. She was phenomenal. 
And she's my MVP of the finals. And I love Kalia Copper. And this is no shade. Trust and believe. And she knows it because Kalia knows I love her. So it's not personal. But when you're talking about the overall scheme of things, man, it's it's loot for me on that. I just yeah. I just look at it as if you take the player off the floor, what kind of impact? Who has the most impact in their absence? And for me, it would be Courtney Vandersloot. And that's how I decide. No, it's it's tough because it does sound, you know, we don't want to take anything away from Kelly on Copper. She was unbelievable. She she deserves the MVP. No doubt. No doubt. I just think Courtney Vandersloot was more valuable in this series. And it, it, it was something you said. You said she was surgical. Yes. And it was like right after you said she was always making the right play. I think there's a, there's a mix, right? Like you get, when you have point guards, you have the ones that are more creative and, you know, just, and can just create mm-hmm. things out of nowhere. And there's some, typically this end, you get a little bit more turnovers. You get a little bit, uh, it's a little harder to coach, right? Cause it's just like, okay, they may do something different. I would right. put, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I Chelsea Gray, although Chelsea Gray is also surgical, but she, she, yes. I think she leans more on the creative side. Just like, I'm going to do some weird stuff and make some bad passes, but it's going to work out in the end. Then you have the players that are more surgical who always make the right play. Um, put, you know, Skyler and Smith here. Or if you want to get for the men's side, Chris Paul here, players who make the right mm-hmm. play all the time. Mm-hmm. Bandersloot's right in the middle. And that's what makes her so freaking special is that she, she, you know, combines that creativity with right. you know you see her with the game on the line to ice the finals yeah. she's gonna stop hold the ball out a dream a dream i guess this isn't a dream shake i don't know no it was it a, a dream, dream shake it's a, a dream, dream shake. shake she did the dream, dream shake, shake with the finals on the line as the sure point did. guard coming into the lane i'm Brittany freaking grinder who has that idea but yes. then throughout the fourth quarter she's also hitting the perfect pass the perfect moment, calling the perfect play. If a play doesn't work, she brings everyone back out and she waits for everyone to get set up. There yep. was patience. It, it was just, it was beautiful. It was just perfect, man. It was, it was absolute perfect point guard play. Um, and then I do have a question here because I remember we did a podcast last season talking about Chelsea Gray versus Courtney Vandersloot. Right. Well, Chelsea Gray, there's no disrespect here to anybody, but I, I think Courtney Vandersloot has to be our best point guard in WNBA. By, you know, there's some there's some daylight between her and the rest of the pack, I'd say, at this point. I agree. And I just think, you know, the fact that she led the WNBA once again and assist all season long, um, you know, in spite of the injuries that Chicago incurred early on. Guess what? She was still able to make plays for the team Mm -hmm. and lead the league and assist. So I listen when you like I'm telling you, when you have a player like that who understands her team the way that she understands her team. I I think that she has been underrated for many years in in that regard. Uh, I know, you know, the little jump ins that they were doing on the broadcast. um, You could tell that, you know, she's put in that work. She said that Pokey Chapman early on in Chicago had her doing the extra work. And I mean, I played against Pokey Chapman now. She was a killer point guard mm-hmm. and very similar, right? In terms of her attack, her poise and composure. So, you know, give credit to Pokey Chapman there of, of when she was 
young in her WNBA career, early on in her WNBA career, she let her know what she needed to do to be who she is right now. And, mm-hmm. and now you're seeing the fruits of that labor um, with the ring on her hand with the championship. So I, I just, you know, I, I just think that it's, it's, um, it's a, I don't want to say it's a thankless job, you know, yeah. um, to be able to, to be that player for your team and set everyone else up and in, in the selflessness that comes along with that role. But if there's anybody this season that just captured and embraced that role, it is definitely Courtney Vandersloot. And yeah. I think if you are a point guard and you're listening to this and, and you're a youngster or you're coaching youngsters, you need to study Courtney Vandersloot and the decisions that she makes on the court because, I mean, she is, she is just a phenomenal conductor of the game. No, and, and players at any level, you know, there's, I mean, I, I really, we mentioned the, the TNT guys, but I also like, like Kyle Lowry's watching. And I know yeah. and from what Natasha Cloud has told us, like he, he watches this game to get stuff for him. Um, yeah. And it's, it is, it is just an amazing example of what you should be as a point guard, what you should do exactly. for your team. Um, and one little thing I love that she does, and I just want to mention this, like she gets the offense going at 22, yeah. like she gets, but two seconds into the shot clock, they're down the court. They're, they're running an offense. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, that's huge for a team to get more bites at the apple to, to get more possessions, like pay playing with pace is not all about just being in transition, getting out on the break, playing with pace is a way you run your offense. And I don't think anybody does it better than uh Courtney Vandersloot. I mean, 15, 15 assists, one my man. And her defense. Another thing I want to mention about Courtney Vandersloot, her defense is awesome. Her defense yeah. is awesome. She's not, she's not like she can get overpowered. There are players that can take advantage of her. Sure. But the way she plays defense, she stays in front of you. You're not going to get anything super easy. And you better be careful with that ball because she has extremely quick hands and she knows where you're going to go with it. She has a lot of what I call Shane Daddy A steals, where it's just ah. hand, hand right there, hand right there. Not and you not because you're you're she's using your momentum, your movement to get the ball loose. Right. Um She's awesome. She's awesome. Yeah. MVP of my heart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of people, I think, would agree, especially yeah. in Chicago. Listen, they know without Sloop, they don't win. They don't go. They don't go. And without Steph Dolson, they don't win either. I give her <laughs> big right. some love. Big mama Steph. We love you, Steph. <laughs> she, she made two of the biggest buckets in the WNBA Finals clinching game. Mm-hmm. Who would have seen this for Amazing. Steph Dolson? Who has Amazing. seen this for Steph Dolson? She would uh, have. She would have. <laughs> she would have. She would have. Indeed. Uh, and she succeeded again in getting more people mad at her during the game, which I love. <laughs> I love Steph. I love Steph. She won my favorite players. Uh, do you want to talk about where these teams go from here? Because we can look at their stat sheets, uh, their, their salary cap sheets here um, on herhoopstats.com, where you can get all of the salary cap information that you're going to need for the WNBA off season. I Absolutely. highly suggest you go and check us out. Um, also go follow us at her hoop stats on Twitter. Let's do this now. Let's do this now. Uh, go follow us on her at her hoop stats on Twitter, on Instagram, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have a YouTube video up there with the two of us. 
Follow me on Twitter at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. Best place to keep up with me. And Chrissy, you can you can do your own plug this time. I won't do it. Oh, let me plug away at Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y, W Scott 51 on Twitter and Instagram, all hoops all the time, sprinkling of my babies. I had three teenagers. So yeah, they're on there a little bit too. <laughs> Ooh, and it's getting close to college season, guys. Oh, no. we can't wait. Can't no, wait to see Christy at these Georgetown games. Oh boy. <laughs> is is a fan gonna get a technical? We'll find out. I don't think so. I'm gonna try my best. I'm gonna be a cheer mom. I'm gonna, you know, do my best. <laughs> we will we will find out shortly. But first, I do want to talk a little bit about these teams salary cap sheets. So uh for Chicago, pretty much everyone's a free agent. So we got mm-hmm. Vandersloot, Quigley, Copper, Dolson. Uh Diamond the Shield is restricted. The other ones I mentioned are unrestricted. Yeah. Uh, Stu Dufall is unrestricted free agent. And then we have Lexi Brown, who's a restricted free agent. So lots of moving pieces. Obviously, they have a lot of cap space because a lot of these players are getting money now. Uh, you got to think Vandersloot and Quakely are going to be back. I can't imagine Chicago not bringing them back. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so now we're that's a lot of money that we just took off the board. I think there's going to be a decision here between Steph Dolson and Kalia Copper. It is tough because I love Steph Dawson. I just got done telling you how much I love Steph Dawson. Yeah. But you ain't letting Kalia Copper no. go now. No, that's tough. Listen, I mean, they came there together in the trade for Elena Deladon to D.C. Mm-hmm. They were both at, with the Washington Mystics, got drafted to D.C. And then now here we are. Trying to make a decision between the two. Oh my gosh. I'm glad I don't have to make it. Listen, I, I'm glad I don't have to make that choice. But yeah, Kali and Copper right now. Yeah, they're not going to let her go. And I hope there's a way that they can keep both of them mm-hmm. because of the continuity and chemistry that was created this season. But it's tough with the business side of things. Like it's all warm and fuzzy emotionally. But when you get down to the tactical business side of things, that's when it gets dicey and tough decisions have to be made, unfortunately. So I, you know, would definitely be keeping an eye on that situation in yeah, Chicago. I, I don't have exact figures for you guys. I will work on getting that stuff out just to get some, some scenarios here as to what could happen. But I'm guessing that's what, that's what it's going to come down to is Steph Dolson or Kali Copper. And that decision's a little easy right now in favor of Copper. Uh, Cause she just won the finals MVP. It's a little yeah. difficult, tough sell, but I think Steph Dolson will have plenty of offers. I was actually thinking about um, just numerous places that she could oh, go for sure. and for where sure. she fit. Um, I think in, in New York as a team that I would like to throw out there as a good fit for her. Um, Cause mm-hmm. she, she is, she fits into these five out systems um, and, and she's a great player, but yeah, Kalia going to get, yeah. going to get the bag. Picked a really great time to win the finals MVP. Of course. A really, 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 really good time. She did. She did. Um, for Phoenix, um, you know, we, we, didn't talk, we didn't get super into them uh, other than the, how disappointed they were. I don't think there's much you could take away from this game four um, other than it's going to motivate the hell out of them. It's going to yeah. motivate Diana Ross. It's going to motivate Scott Diggins-Smith. All of these players and Brittany Griner, as we know, has been unbelievable. And we just we just talked about her. So this team also has a lot of challenges, though. Right. Uh, they don't have they do not have a lot of cap space. 
everyone outside of Kia Nurse, Sophie Cunningham, Shea Petty, and Alana Smith are uh, under contract. Shea Petty's a reserve free agent, which means she can't negotiate with other teams. Most likely, she'll be back on a on a minimum contract for next year. Uh, mm-hmm. Alana Smith is an unrestricted free agent, but that was by design. I don't think she's coming back. Then we have Kia Nurse. And figuring out what Kia Nurse's market is is going to be huge. And figuring out if she can play next year because she it was a torn ACL, right? Yeah, unfortunately, right? 30 seconds into the game. Oh my gosh, early in the in the final. So that was that was crucial and, and super sad. But I know she's a hard worker and she's gonna get herself back and and healthy. Yeah. It, the question is though, I mean, Phoenix just went through a year without Bria Hartley. Yeah. And she, it it really hurt them. Um, and she came back and actually did, she did some decent things down the finals, but she clearly, I mean, she literally popped up in the, in the, in the playoffs. Like she's not going to be ready to play after the injury she, yeah. su- she suffered last year. And I think Kia Nurse can be a similar situation if she can even get back for next year's playoffs. So the question is for Phoenix, like, how do you, how do you handle that situation? Cause you were banking on having Kia nurses restricted rights as a big part of why you treated your first round pick. Right. This, this off season, that first round pick's not that high, so it doesn't hurt you that much. But you do have to figure out a way to get more bodies on this team. I just don't. I don't really know where they're going to turn. I mean, maybe yeah. Raquana Williams is a good fit there, but it, it, it's really tough because Nurse was just really great fit for what they had going on, especially when Bria Hartley comes back. So I don't know. I don't know where this team goes. And my question here to you, Christy. And you know how I love putting you on the spot. <laughs> Great. <laughs> which one of these teams is more likely to get back to the finals next year? Not not which one. I'm not asking you if they're going to do it. Right. Which one is more likely to you to get back to the finals next year? Man, I, I'm going to go with Chicago yeah. with that. I mean, all of the things that you just mentioned about the salary cap in Phoenix and the health or lack thereof of some key pieces for them. I just see Chicago riding this momentum into next season. And sure. I think they're going to lock in the players they need to lock in with um, Vanderquigs and Copper and, and obviously Parker. And I just think that they're going to have the most continuity. But I think it all is predicated upon, you know, health, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, and I hate saying that because it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's every such year. A, it's such a given, but when you're looking at what, what Phoenix is faced with right now, with Kia Nurse, with the ACL, and then Rhea Hartley, like you said, coming back from that kind of injury, and then Diana Taurasi. I mean, we haven't even really speculated or prognosticated about what she may do. And, you know, she She's said, she, I, I, there's no way that she doesn't. <laughs> I, I, but at the same time, there, there's always a possibility that she says, you know what? It's been a fun ride and I'm 39 and, you know, and she, she kind of alluded to that when they did do their exit interviews. And she said, you know, we have a great core of players, you know, they have Cunningham and all these guys are like 23, 24 years old. And here I am 39. So I think she's kind of having like a, a self-actualization moment right now where mm-hmm. she's just in a reflective mode. And she did say, I have eight months to figure it out. Um, but I don't think by any means that she has stated that she is definitively coming back and returning next year. 
And when she does, if she does do that, she'll be like Sue Bird, uh, you know, 40, but still killing the game. So, I mean, age is a number. We get that. But she was also saying she hasn't sprained her ankle since high school. And she came down on someone's foot randomly mm-hmm. in the postseason this year, you know, and, and hurt herself. And then her sternum, she said, who does that? You know, so yeah. she, you know, so I think it's just, you know, a lot of the wear and tear and some of it's age, but some of it's, you know, obviously the wear and tear of just the, of the games and experiences that, that she's had throughout her uh, amazing career. I mean, so that'll yeah. be interesting too. So I, I, you know, that's why I'm going with Chicago, but I mean, there's so many intangible things that are left to be seen for Phoenix that it's hard to, to go with them. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's, it's tough. I do think Diana Tross is coming back because, um, and I mean this in the best possible way. She's one of those maniacs, you know, she's a, she's a, she's a Kobe type. She's a Jordan type. She's, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, yeah. one of those maniacs who is going to, uh, you know, I don't think she's going to go out like that. Um, you know, and, and so I just think she's come back. I just really, really do. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I am with you. I, I think it's Chicago just cause they play that five out system. Um, yeah. they have, you know, with even with the same health they had this year, clearly they can turn it on the finals. And this is a thing that uh, Zach Lowe talks a lot about on the NBA side. Just when you win a championship, your entire outlook changes. Yeah. Uh, I think we see that really often in, in basketball. When you win a championship, something, something clicks a little differently for this group of people and for the players on the team. And you start, having more confidence and obviously confidence is not an issue for this team. I'm just saying you, you feel like you can do more. You feel like you can, you have more togetherness. You feel like you've been through something that really mattered and you see what it took to get to the mountaintop and that mm-hmm. changes you as a team, as a unit. And I think that makes you better going forward. You have that championship medal. Right. And actually we've seen that with Phoenix, frankly, you know, yeah. they, I don't think they get here without those years that Diane Taurasi and Brittany Griner spent, together with Sandy Brondello winning championships. Right. They don't, they don't get there without that experience. So I think it changes something in a team. I think they will be better next year. I'm not sure they'll get back to the finals just because basketball is weird and weird things can happen. But I do think they will be, they'll be right back in the mix. Whereas I could see Phoenix potentially falling off, but I'm not going to say that in front of Diana Taurasi. So she doesn't listen. She's the, she doesn't listen to this podcast. She's got better things to do. I don't know. She could have. But you know, the, the whole dynamic of, of the finals this year, I think, you know, I know that it was stated a couple of times, but Sandy Brondello and her husband, Olaf Lang, mm-hmm. you know, um, Olaf Lang is an assistant for the Chicago sky. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously Sandy Brondello head coach in Phoenix. And she said, you know, she's going to give it a couple days and and then she'll celebrate with him, I guess. But I'm sure that <laughs> man, oh, it's already hard enough. How does that work in the household? And then you got two little kids in the house too, the, their little daughter and son. And I'm sure they're like, mom, did you see dad's ring or something yeah. like that? Because yeah. you know how kids are, man. And they don't know. And it's they not, they're not, they're not digging at you, but they're just, or they so might be innocent. digging at you. I would do well, that they may be, but they don't know that they are. <laughs> That's the thing with kids. But I can just see, mommy, mommy, daddy's, daddy's ring is here. Oh, like, I don't know. She's just going to have so many, like, daggers uh, in the household. Yeah. Golly, I couldn't imagine that. Listen, mm-mm. That, <laughs> I don't know how she's going to do that. 
But, you know, that's not discussed enough either what, what that probably feels like. And then for him, like, he wants to celebrate, but he doesn't want to, you know, yeah, yeah. damage his wife's emotional state. Like, what's I think he should, he should yeah. just stay in Chicago for a few days. Just, just take a little vacation. Yeah. Windy you know. city. Yeah, they they split up the kids for the for the post for this series. So you know, one of the kids just stays over there, and then yeah. you hang out later in, in a week the or parade. so. Yeah, the parade and all that. Like Sandy's not going to that, man. Like you know, they have the parade. Yeah. She's not there. Like that's crazy. The kids are there though, and I don't know. It's just that's the the that would well, be hard to handle. <laughs> I will say though, there was so much respect on that floor after the game. Um, there was, and you could t- and that was really big. That was really big of Phoenix. Not that we don't expect that. We do expect that um, because that's what we expect from the athletes that we watch. But Mm -hmm. I thought to do that when you're so heartbroken and you're so hurt, and they clearly were, to go and make sure that you congratulate the other team and and show them the respect that they deserve. Um, That's that's awesome. Uh, That's that's exactly what sports is all about. So um, I think there there is a ton of mutual respect, but yeah, I don't think Sandy's going to be celebrating. No, Olaf I, for a little bit, a little bit, yeah, just a little. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. I, you know, and that's always hard. We've seen it, you know, across sports, right? The the congratulatory handshakes after, and Diana Taurasi and, and Skylar Diggins Smith in particular were the ones that that were mm-hmm. in the view of the camera and maybe other players did it as well but they they were on them kind of spotlighted them hugging every single player for Chicago and congratulating them so yeah kudos to them cuz my my stomach was tight when i saw that you know if i'm that i'm try always i'm an empath so i try to feel what other people are feeling and i'm sure that was tough but they did it and they did it with class and grace um, so kudos to them for that, for sure. Yeah, no, it was, it was really big of them. Um, I do want to move on to, uh, yeah. not only college basketball, but a surprise topic that I have not told you about yet. Um, Uh-oh. do you have anything else in the finals? Oh man. I, I just, I love, I love the entire emotion of the city of Chicago, um, celebrating Allie Quigley, you know, coming from, that area and then playing at DePaul and then Candace Parker growing up there and then coming back and just like LeBron did <laughs> to Cleveland. I don't know. For me, it's always going to be the, the sentimental part and the X and O's. That's always the, the fun and the, you know, the creativity yeah. and the competition level. I get it. But when you see someone roll the dice and win like Candace Parker did, you know, to come back home and, and to see the the high school pictures of Candace Parker and Allie Quigley and Allie Quigley as a little girl in her driveway getting buckets and she was like six or seven years old. And then to see her win a championship in her city and their city with their families and their high school coaches and their, you know, their teammates from high school and college in the building. And there's nothing like that. So for me, it's always going to supersede the actual game, it's always going to be about the emotion and the, the connections and the family and the love that that was really exemplified in, in the closing minutes of that game. And I was in tears. I know everybody was in tears. I was smiling. I'm not like sobbing, like boo-boo yeah. crying, but I was like, that's amazing. And you're talking about what sports is all about. That's what it's all about, too. Like the connections that are made over the years, the journey of it. And just how you just keep your head down, like Candace Parker said, and, and you keep going and people are always going to have something to say about you or 
to you and you know that's not a good choice or whatever but just do you like follow your heart and for me that's always going to be what stands out about this particular series and this particular championship for Chicago I think the thing that's going to stick with me the most um outside this entire finals run because it was awesome it was a great playoffs but the the thing I think we're going to take with us is that this quote that I have up behind me right here let time tell your story there it is. Um, I thought that was that was a really special um, yes. quote from Candace Parker of understanding that your story is not written first off until until it's written right. Yeah. You don't know where it's going, yeah. and secondly, that you don't need to tell people who you are. You, you don't need to you tell don't. people your your great deeds. You just gotta do them, and you know, yeah. eventually time will get back to you. I thought that was a really really special thing, and and I think it's the thing that's um gonna stick with me yeah uh, after this postseason um because great you know i get a lot of my life wisdom from basketball from basketball players and i think that's one of the one of the best nuggets you'll ever 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 and i'm i'm wiping a tear right now because it was was phenomenal it was phenomenal it's the life lessons at the end of the day yeah all right now we're moving on to the bachelorette because that's (laughs) what i want to talk about all right the bachelorette last okay first episode of uh of the season. All right. This is why we're talking about The Bachelorette. If you don't watch it, it's a dating show. If you don't know what The Bachelorette is, I don't understand how you interact with American culture. But <laughs> The Bachelorette this year is Michelle Young. She is an elementary school teacher. She's sweet and, and beautiful and classy, and I really enjoy her. I've enjoyed her on The Bachelorette. What I did not know, how good of a freaking basketball player she was. She went to Bradley. Honorable mention, all NBC in 2013. She was in the 90th percentile, 90th percentile for steals in the country each of her last three years at Bradley. She holds the school record for most points in the game with 38. And she put up 32 points against Illinois in an upset win in her junior year. Oh, boy. What? She's a bucket? What? How did this not come up in her last season of The Bachelor? And she was on the season of The Bachelor. We had to hear all about how this guy was like a backup wide receiver at Wake Forest. Wow. And she is an unbelievable basketball player. And uh, just she she really like is so good. I was tweeting about this. And then like some people from the NBC were like, yeah, she was she was excellent. Um, oh my so gosh. I checked out I checked out her her hoop stats page and you can find out. Uh, everything on that. So just want to tell people if you haven't watched, this might be the year to get into the bachelorette. If you're not, do you not, do you watch a bachelorette? I'm guessing you don't. I, um, I have before, but I don't follow it religiously like that. Like just boom, boom every week or however often it comes on. I do know about it. So I'm in touch with American culture, but I don't track (laughs) it. You're aware that it it exists. I mean, I know it's there. Um, but now I will pay closer attention because not only is she a bucket, she's a stopper too. Let me yeah. find out. Yeah, I'm going to investigate. I'm going to go on the Her Hoop Stats, you know, website, look it up a little bit. Yeah. See what he I, was talking about. <laughs> anyone from Bradley that is listening to this, hit me up with some tape. Yeah. I will, we will make videos of it. We got you. Um, yeah. Yeah, we need to let the, people know. There's, a, there's one other thing I have to mention. In the previews, for the rest of the season of The Bachelorette, uh, I caught a glimpse of all the men and her playing basketball. They do these things where, like, the you know, they have, like, little events. One time, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar came out. It was really cool. Another time, 
Several WNBA players came out, but that was before I watched. This year, I can confirm, based on the previews, I took a screenshot. Diamond the Shield is in it. I'm guessing oh, the Chicago boy. Sky are in this. Oh, wow. They're going to show so up. Wait, they're just going to show up and play? Yeah, yeah. They did this with, the, with the, the Celtics a few years back, too. It's like they show up and they play, and then the, the players will give a little bit of advice to the bachelorette it's really great i'm super excited uh because i'm sure diamond's gonna be hilarious with these men (laughs) because she's not gonna give them any leash Um, i don't know who else is involved i think it's gonna be really funny i'm guessing lexi brown is involved just just as like just a guess i don't know but (laughs) i'm very very excited so just saying if this is not your year if, if you have never been into the bachelorette Perhaps it's this time to check it out. I'll be giving you guys updates. Don't worry. I have to buckle down and, and get on that now. Thanks, Gabe, oh, for that one, tip. Come one thing she said that was really sweet too was uh, I was always the first person picked to play basketball, but always the last one picked for prom. Oh, oh my God. I would have taken you to the prom, but you because uh-huh. I'm too short. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I got picked. For basketball, and you know, I went to the prom too. So <laughs> <laughs> I got to do both. That was good. <laughs> but yeah, Michelle Young, just very excited for your time as the Bachelorette, and I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to what happens. All the good things, Love all the hopeful it. good things. Um, she also had to send one guy home. This is an aside. She also had to send one guy home because he brought a bunch of notes of like how to get more airtime on the bachelorette and he just had oh. like they found them and he he like had a bunch of notes of like what to say and what to do and it was like had nothing to do with her and I was like oh, what you? so she she uh, yeah got this is well good right. you know that's like those steals you know she's ruthless on the defensive ends playing a little defense she, there and like get rid of that one no she did she did I'm telling you she, she's it. cool I'm a big I'm a big big fan of uh, Michelle Young. Let's uh, let's get into basketball, more basketball, very briefly. Uh, I will say my laptop is about to die. So, oh, okay. uh, top 25 came out, AP. Uh, let's see, we got South Carolina, UConn, Stanford, Maryland at four, NC State at five. Uh, then we have a bunch of other teams here. But, yeah. Christy, tell me what your reaction is to – oh, wait, I can look up your vote. That's right. thanks Gabe (laughs) Uh, but yes Christy tell us uh, about what you thought of the top 25 well I will say that my my top 10 were pretty on par with with Mm -hmm. what everyone else was thinking uh, as AP voter again this year honored for that but it is quite tough when you have teams that you know, have the transfer portal um, both in and out, right? So there are mm-hmm. so many things to factor as you're going through um, the teams and and the votes. But when you're looking at the teams in the top five, let's say, a lot of players returning. Yeah, a lot of players returning. I mean, there are no seniors for Connecticut, South Carolina, one tip in away from advancing uh, in the postseason last year. I mean, they have everybody back, just about. I mean, Maryland brings back all five starters. Huh. NC State, same deal. I mean, you just go down the line, and it's like it's almost like a redo of this year in the top ten. And I think that's going to be extremely exciting to watch. I mean, I think you know, with with the Big Ten, which I cover, um, having six teams in. I know Michigan State is receiving votes, but five teams in the top twenty-five of Michigan State—that's sixteen receiving votes. I think when you're looking at all those teams, I mean, Indiana returns everybody. 
right? Oh my gosh. And they're in the top 10. Iowa with the uh, Caitlin Clark, the freshman of the year last year, mm-hmm. and, and just, you know, phenomenal connections inside, you know, with, with, with my girl, Susano. I just think it's going to be, it's going to be fun to, to see how this list looks and morphs as the season goes along. And then you have Michigan too, that, you yeah. know, it's just phenomenal with, with Nas Hillman and, and company. And it's just going to be fun to see uh, how these teams in the top 10 stay there or how that shuffles around. But, you know, there was a lot of flippage with, with South Carolina and Connecticut at one and two though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would go South Carolina on top. I'm, I'm with you there. I just think they, mm-hmm. you know, look, if they, if they really can get the breaks and put it together, they're the best team in the country, uh, just flat out. Like they have the most talent. So I'm with you in South Carolina. Um, I think Connecticut's very good too. I love Maryland. I know we talked about them last year and I'm not going to put too much pressure on them. We, I put too much <laughs> pressure on them last year and they completely ruined my bracket, but I, I think I like, I really, really like Maryland this year. And I really like, um, I really, really think they're going to be, they're going to be something special. I think Stanford's going to be better too than the people think, yeah. even though they're at three. I just think, you know, th- I think people are kind of expecting to fall off a little bit, but I don't see them falling off. Um, I also really love you putting FGCU at 24. That's a really good team. Very, I, and, very you know, team. Carl Semesco. Mm-hmm. Is a, a and, and not because of this, this is not why I voted for them, but Carlos Mesco is, is the head coach there. And, and we actually coached at Maryland together as mm-hmm. assistant coaches um, before he, he left to go down there, but he's done such a phenomenal job. And there's so many coaches from his coaching tree, uh, the players that he's coached now that are coaching. Um, I, I just love his style of play down there too, but they're always a problem for teams and and they just know how to play. So it's fun to see him do so well. No. But absolutely, he's he's definitely a, coaching a top 25 team. Yeah. No, we'll have a ton of time to discuss this too. Can't wait. Um, I don't – oh, yeah, we, we're not going to do a podcast next week because I need, I need a you know, one-week break. But <laughs> Decompress. we'll have stuff on YouTube. We'll be doing video stuff uh, and all that. So make sure you go to YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel. It mean a lot to me personally if you like me. Uh, and if you don't like me, you'll get great contact anyway. So, um, and follow us on Twitter. And that's, that's all I got to say because my laptop's about to die and I, I'm, I don't know why it's not charging. So I have many questions for my technology, but I had a great time. Yeah. Super awesome. Gabe as always. And we'll see you next time right here on courtside with Christian Gabe on the her hoop stats podcast network. We'll check you out next time.